Hi, O'Neill Scott here, loving dogs and their people. I just had an experience happen, and so I thought, well, this is a perfect thing to talk about today. And it's how do dogs learn? I've been working for dogs for 40 some years, and I spent a lot of time watching. Well, first of all, I'm passionate about them, and you know, they're the ones that I hang out with. And I pay attention to them because I get paid to. And I also love, I'm fascinated by how they do, what they do, when they do, what motivates them, what demotivates them, and how we can all have a really great time and have a fabulous life together and have that happen for my clients and, and you know, everybody, really. Every dog, every person, everything, really. So... There, there's that expansiveness right there. So how do dogs learn? Two words really capture the whole thing. Cause, effect. It's really, really simple. If you pay attention to that, that is like, that's going to serve you and your dog so well. And as you get that, if you, if you get it to where it becomes kind of like a default cause effect, cause effect, you're going to make changes in your life and how you deal with yourself and your kids and other people and just other just situations in life. It's really powerful cause effect. Let's jump in with this morning's example and then we'll talk more about it on the back end. So I have this little dog who I've trained and he's now seven months old. And yesterday I was walking with mom in the woods and two dogs and I'm bragging, he is doing so good. He's falling right into his training. I'm, just, I'm so proud for him. I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy for us all because the wrestling match, it's just he's just in the right place at the right time, being a good boy and it's a pleasure. <laughs> that walk is a pleasure. And for a dog that used to just pull and jerk and, and you know, ree, ree, everything, this is really fabulous. And, and probably there's a lot of you that can relate to that. That you're either going, yeah, I know how that is, or yeah, I would like that, or no, I never had that problem. Maybe you got your dog trained already, or your dog is just really chill. But anyway, so I'm working from that, and I go over... And I get the dog. And I brought the same dog that I had yesterday with me because there was going to be the three of us going for a walk this morning. So it's the established trained dog that's mature and doesn't need a lead. It's this little puppy who's seven months old who is just doing magnificent for the last number of days. And we're just going to collect him to take him for a walk and have him come hang out with us for the day. Pretty sweet, huh? We're just going to have a great time. So we go in. And he just, he's on total overstim. Not only did I come in, but then here comes this other dog too. And he's like, I can't think straight. You know, he's flinging himself, jumping all over the other dog. And I'm looking at the other dog and I'm just going, okay, you can correct him, but keep your teeth in your mouth. Okay. And so what that would be like, growling, pull your, pull your lips back, show your teeth, growl and um, maybe lunge, but, you know, keep your teeth in your mouth. Don't hurt him. And that's the dog I'm doing the rescue remedy with, and we're reprogramming. And I'm telling you what, 
Before, that's what he would do. This time, he just stood there. That rescue remedy is amazing. Amazing what it's doing. So, I got the lead. I thought, okay, we're not responsible enough to be able to handle your freedom, so let's get the lead. And then move you across the room. So it's like, let's go, come over here. And then it's just pull, pull, pull. And it's not going well. Why is that not going well? Because the dog's making choices of, I can't even think, I'm on overstem, I'm excited, and blah! So I said, okay. This, you know, and I tried different things, and he just couldn't get out of his overwhelm. So I said, okay, well, we're just going to leave then, and we'll come back, I'll come back later. So the cause is... An effect here is that puppy is so overstimmed and so excited that we can't think. Can't hear, can't think, can't control his being, but just is not there. Not going to happen. And the effect is he doesn't get a go. So he, he, is, he gets to stay where he's at by himself and think about it. What that did for me is I don't have to get testy with him. I don't have to get heavy-handed. I don't have to raise my voice. Everything is cool. So I'm not adding any fuel to the fire, and neither did Mr. Rescue Remedy. Ta-da! So we go for our walk, and I put him in the house. I go back up to the puppy, and we, now it's just me, and he's still overstimmed. Jump, 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 race around, race around, race around. I'm like going, and I'm, he knows, he's, he knows all the commands. He's fully trained. So I just step back because he gets really excited that I, my response to him is always, you have to control your being. So it's just to come and sit in front of me. When he can do that, then I can engage with him. Cause, effect. When you come and you have minutes and you sit in front of me and you follow a simple request, and control your being, then good things happen. Then I, go, I reach down, I greet him, and I love on him. Life is good. It's a simple cause-effect. He couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. And, and I'm just like, well, okay, we're, we can't do it now. And then he, he could feel that. And even though he's on overstim, and then he runs over and flings himself in his dog bed and just kind of goes flat. So cause-effect, he recognized that. So his next level was to run to his dog bed and get, you know, get flat. So it's an, a new behavior. It's not the desired one, but it's a way for him to get calmer. You know, it's a way for him to separate himself out and just take a moment. Just take a moment. He's not in the crazy. He's over there. His mind still may be racing because he's not engaging. He, he still got stuff going on, and I'm calm, and I say, okay, I'll be back. And I go ahead and step out. And I stood out in the driveway and watched a video. Then I turn around, and I come back in. And he is looking at me, and he's still on his dog bed. He's like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I just am so overstimulated, I, and I can't come to you. It's like, okay. So instead, what I did is I went over and, and I, I knew I needed to make change. Because here's the thing. This is a really, really, really important point. When you're training a dog, how you start is really important. If you're going to train and you're, either you or your dog is not in a good place and it's not going well, don't do a lesson. 
because it's not going to go well. And then if that happens, then there's usually some sort of a negative on the relationship. And you don't want that. So what I did was I would give a little break and come back. Give a little break and come back. Allow a reset. And I was in a really good place and I was calm. So the third time um, I'm seeing him and he's not flinging himself at me. He's not crazy boy, but he's shut down boy. So I said, okay, what can we change now? Now I can help. Because I was helping before by giving him space, but now something else wants to happen. So I go over, I collect him, and at one point he had this before. We would get so overstimmed we couldn't handle it. So we have the kitchen table as a high boy in these chairs. So we set him in a chair, and now he doesn't have a lot to be concerned about. He's just, I'm just on this chair. And I didn't look at him. I just stood next to him because I'm always making sure he's safe and he's on a leash. And in his harness, you know, he's protected and he's never, he's never ever tried to jump off of it. So I'm just standing next to him, but I'm not, I'm not putting any attention or intention upon him. Because if you do, if you do that, if you can just be neutral, he can kind of be there. And I just waited. And he's like kind of thinking about what he's doing. So after a while, he would sit and then he went down. So he would sit and I would say, good sit. And he'd like, oh, oh, we just connected. And then he would slide into a down. Good down. And then I would say, rascal, sit. And he would sit. Good sit. And then I'd give him the hand signal for a down. He would down. We now have a connection. He's calm. He can hear. He can perform. Cause effect. I can too. So I praise him, collect him, set him on the floor, and we go outside. Now he's not pulling on the end of the lead like a crazy boy. He's responsive. He's attentive. He gets to go to the bathroom in the grass, sniff, do all those wonderful things. And then we walk down the road, and he was starting to pull a little bit, so we do zigzag. So we're slowing him down a little bit and helping him focus to do a good let's go that's calmer and closer and not pulling. And... All of this is about cause and effect. And it, it was so driven home today with him. Because that's how he learned. What, what were those pieces? And how can you help? So first, give calm to the space. If you're calm, you're not ratcheting it up. You're neutral. You're passive. And that's really helpful. That's really, really helpful. Then next, giving space. By giving him space, he could help like real realign, re reset, hit a reset button. At least he was given that opportunity to. And he had options. He could, he had the whole floor, so because he's he's secured in a kitchen. So he could he could go grab a toy, he could go to his bed, he could come sit, he could come do a recall to me and sit. He could, you know, do what it, he had choices, options. And by giving him those, the calm, the space, the option, and choices, you're not controlling your dog. You're not saying, you will do this. You know, you've seen those people where they just grab the dog and they put him in the position and they just wrestle them. 
that's not a way to get your dog to perform. I mean, you can force them into something, but they're going to they're gonna not like you very much, even though they love you because dogs are love. But they're, they're not going to, the trust is being whittled away. Your relationship is being whittled away. And that joy and love is being just whittled away. And, and, and a lot on your side, actually, when you start dropping into that more. So by giving him the opportunity to make choices, and once we start, and once, it's kind of, I always think about like Helen Keller, you know, she's, she doesn't understand, she, they finally get this woman in, this, uh, uh, a nanny, a helper, and she finally, you know, she keeps putting her, taking her hands and doing, you know, things with her hands, and she would get upset, and then finally, one day, there was the water thing, and she got it, and then it would, the whole world opened up, and so, I don't know why I just went there, but given choice and, and clarity and opportunity and that your world will open up because you're giving the dog the opportunity to do it. You're not controlling it. You're giving the dog the opportunity to make choices. And so your dog's brain now starts developing more because it's becoming more aware. That brain is becoming more aware. They are now analyzing and taking a look at things, looking at options. You're creating a dog that is more responsible, can be given more freedom, and, and is a bigger delight. So this is how dogs learn. Cause effect and how you can help is giving calm, giving space, options, giving choice. That's it.